the name of God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. It's a little bit of an unusual Sunday. This Sunday, this uh, happens once a year. It's the annual meeting of the Cathedral Congregation. And um, in, I'm going to combine my, my address. The, the dean is required to make an address to the, to the uh, annual meeting every year. And I'm going to combine my address with the homily this morning. So the whole uh, uh, the whole address is written out in the, in the in the booklet, and I do encourage you to take take a booklet, take it home, study it, and uh, even if you're visiting us for the first time this morning, I would encourage you to stay uh, for the meeting. It won't take very long, I don't think, and uh, there's extra good food this morning and lots of it, so you can help us help us with that. And it's also, I think, you'll find it uh, an insight into the mission and ministry of this great cathedral. So I want to give some blessings and some challenges. So let's start with the blessings. Isn't it, it's a bit stunning, isn't it, that we're now entering the fourth year of pandemic time. And although things have loosened up, they're, they're still very challenging in many, many ways. Uh, the first blessing, the first thing to give thanks for is, uh, and the Christian life is a life of thanksgiving. That's, that's the, you know, uh, we, we're called to have an attitude of gratitude. We're called to have a posture of thanksgiving. Our central act of worship is the Eucharist, thanksgiving, an act of thanksgiving. The first thing to give thanks for is, you know, we're here. You know, we, we, uh, we, our health has been preserved. We may have had some challenges, but our health has been, uh, health, so far as I know, we've not lost anybody in the cathedral congregation from the, from the pandemic. So praise God for, for, for that. And we're here as a church, as a congregation. Many congregations are not. I've been in this diocese for about nine years now. When I first came, there were 122 churches. There are 106 now. Uh, and you will, you know, if you're paying attention, just as you drive around, you'll see the churches are closing. So we, we've weathered it. We're here. Uh, we're, we're stable financially. Some of that is, is due to the, uh, the generosity of the government and uh, the uh, alertness of our treasurer and our bookkeeper and our business commission that were alert enough to apply for the grants immediately when they became available. There was a lot of work that went into that, and we, we were successful in making those applications. And that has put us in the position where we're financially stable, and we're, we're entering uh, this coming year, 2023, we're entering with a slight, a slight surplus. Uh, so that's uh, praise, praise God for that in every way. We've been able to maintain... We, we've been able to maintain the daily worship of the cathedral. We had a very brief time when there were no, no, uh, no services at all in the cathedral, very brief. And then immediately, almost immediately, we had Zoom, uh, Zoom services. And, and we, we, we have opened up for in-person services as soon and as quickly as we can. And we've been able to maintain the daily services of the cathedral. Not a lot of people come to the daily services. But this is a lighthouse, and one of the ways that you put light, put oil in the lamp for the lighthouse is by the daily services. So praise God that we've been able to, uh, to do that. Uh, our numbers are not pre-COVID yet. We were, we were up around 150 uh, people on a Sunday morning. The, there's a, there's a um, in my report, you'll see of the statistics, there's a number ASA, that's a big number in, the, in, in our church. 
average Sunday attendance, and it's a complex formula. You, you divide the, the, the uh, total number of attendance for that year by the number of Sundays that it is, and you get an average Sunday attendance. And before COVID hit, we were around about 150 people, average Sunday attendance. During the first year, we were something like, you know, we opened up as soon as we could, we would have congregations of 30 and 40 people. Last year, I put in an average Sunday attendance somewhere in the 60s. We ended this year with an average Sunday attendance of 84. So we're not pre-COVID, but we're, we're, headed in the, we're headed in the right direction. There's some other really encouraging signs. We, uh, we had the Messiah, able to get back to having the Messiah, which is a signature event and one of our great outreach events to the community. We had, uh, we had about the same number for the Messiah as we had shortly after that for Lessons and Carols. And we did get a good count. Messiah is hard to get a good count, but we did get a good count for Lessons and Carols. And we had 430 people for Lessons and Carols. I'm going to guess we had about 450 people for the, for the Messiah. For our Christmas services, the three, Christ, three services of Christmas, so that would be 4 o'clock, midnight mass, and Christmas Day, we had a total of 380 people, which is, again, it's not the best we had pre-COVID, but it's in, it's in the range of what we had pre-COVID. So that's, that's very, very encouraging indeed. Another very encouraging thing is that the last even song that we had, the very last even song that we had, we had a congregation of about 100 people. And that's, that's pre-COVID-like. We've been building that congregation over time, uh, 100 people on a Sunday afternoon. And I, I regard the service of Evensong as being our number one evangelistic missionary service. It's a very user-friendly service. It's particularly beautiful. It's a particular gift and charism that the Anglican tradition has. And uh, we... You, you've heard the talk that I, I always give this little invitation to say, like, even song is a service by the cathedral, but it's for the whole community. And we really hope that we will have people from other churches and just people of goodwill in the community. And we're getting that. We're getting, we're getting people from our own congregation, people from other Episcopal congregations, people from the Roman Catholic Church, people from the non-denominational and evangelical churches in the town, uh, and just, um, you know, people who have heard about it. And so um, the English cathedrals are reporting that um, they have that, that service of Evensong is a service that is that is that is uh, growing in the and it's a growing service in in the overall picture is decline in England. So, but people are coming to cathedrals and they're coming to Evensong. So we 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 praise God that He's blessed that effort and. And we will continue to, to seek God's blessing on that, on that uh, missionary service. Another blessing, as you may well have figured out, it takes a lot of money to maintain this great cathedral church. By some measures, this is the fifth largest true Gothic church in North America. Um, it, is, it is not only a treasure of... Uh, the capital region, it's really one of the great churches in North America. And it has always, the, the task of maintaining it has always been disproportionate to the size of the worshiping congregation. It's, it, has, it, is, it was never well endowed in the beginning. Uh, it's, God must want us here because it's a miracle 
that we're here. But in order to rise to the challenge of maintaining this incredible legacy, we had a capital campaign last year. We had a goal of $400,000. We are now about $522,000, something like that. I had a, a, a pledge on Friday for $750. So um, we're still, you know, and it's not too late if you haven't had a chance to participate. Uh, Mr. St. John and uh, Mr. Easterly, our treasurer, uh, would be very happy to talk with you and, and, and help you understand how to, how to make a contribution. But, it's, that's, that's a remarkable thing for a small congregation to be able to accomplish. And I, I thank you to the committee that, that served in, in organizing that, particularly to Tom Easterly and Keith St. John, who took the leadership there, uh, and also to our consultant, uh, Marie Seaton was our consultant. Um, there, there, there's, there are other things to give thanks for in that, in that effort. Uh, we need to expand the family that supports this great church. It needs to be larger than the worshiping congregation. So in this campaign, we had $14,000 of contribution from other parishes and other clergy in our diocese. And the par parishes gave us, we got, we got $5,000 from a little, from the uh, parish in Colony. And that's a, that's a church with a part-time uh, rector that's struggling for its own survival. So very, very encouraging that kind of support that we got. We also got in that campaign about $100,000 in contributions, pledges, from people who are not members of the worshiping congregation. So they're either it's a historic family that's been associated with the cathedral over time, or, or I would say about $60,000 in contributions from philanthropists here in the city of Albany I know some of these people personally. They're very faithful members of their own church, but they think that the cathedral is a significant um, presence in the city of Albany, and they, and they want to see it flourish, and so they've supported us. So we, we need to expand our family. We've, we've made some real progress in that. We need to persist in that with thoughtfulness. Um, in addition to the money that we've been able to, to, to bring in through the campaign, the diocesan trustees, uh, as, they, as they've had to close some churches, as they've had to sell those properties, they've, the, some of those funds have been, have been earmarked for the cathedral. So almost, uh, Mr. Easterly will give us the details, but almost $400,000 have been earmarked for the cathedral. So you put that together, if we could find somebody to give us another hundred thousand dollars. It'd be a million bucks, right? Not so bad for for last year. So the, the Lord is, is is truly the Lord does provide, and uh, we've already started a lot of work. Roger Merman, Larry Norville, do a lot of this. Um, bids have gone out. Uh, work has been completed in Lady Chapel. Work has been completed in the St. John Chapel. The big thing is to keep the water out, and we're doing that. Uh, scaffolds have come down for now. You'll see them going back up in the spring. There's, there's, there's a lot of long-needed repairs that are going to take place here. And um, so we give praise for that. One of the things that we're doing to try to expand uh, the, the, the family that supports uh, the historic preservation of the building is we are starting a separate cathedral foundation called the Pioneer Foundation. And literally, I think the papers are being filed as I'm, as I'm giving this, you know, the, 
the papers are in the mail, so to speak. Um, and this foundation will have representatives from the cathedral and representatives from the community. It will be independent, um, and it will make grants to the cathedral. And what this will do, it will allow us to go to philanthropists in the community who would like to help us with historic preservation, but are a little bit nervous about giving their money to, um, to a church. And there are, other, there are other foundations, and there are sometimes government programs that if we had a foundation, we could apply for, but we can't apply for if we're, if we're a church. So in, actually, uh, we just received a grant as part of our campaign of $20,000, and the foundation that gave it to us ultimately got comfortable with giving it to a church, but they'd never done that before. And if we'd had the foundation already in place, it would have been a very, a very easy uh, wouldn't have been quite so much of a, a white knuckle flight. So I want to I want to thank everybody who has worked so hard uh, on 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 that um, on that effort. The pandemic has been a blessing in some ways. God always turns things inside out, and one of the things that these kinds of pressures cause is you have to really reflect on okay. We can't do everything we've already always done. What is the central thing? The central thing is the worship of the church. The number one, our mission is to help people fall in love with God, particularly through the avenue of beauty. And the fundamental way in which we do that is by offering uh, reverent, traditional, and beautiful worship. Um, we, we are aiming for transcendence in the worship that we do here at the cathedral. You can't make that happen. That's God. God makes that happen. We can't make it happen. But we can aim for it, and we can plan for it, and we can provide for it. And we do all of those things. And that's our central mission. And we've, we've, we've we really had to uh, refocus on that. One, the cha one of the challenges that we have, we have financial challenges, yes. But we have people challenges, too. Uh, this is a big institution that's held up by a small staff, most of whom are part-time. They work many unpaid hours. And we have a very, a very small group of key lay leaders. And they go over and above, on and on and on. You know, we, we, we sprint sometimes, but you can't keep sprinting forever. At some point, you've got you to gotta take up the pace uh, that, uh, that you can sustain over the long haul. The 8 o'clock congregation, the, one of our members, Dr. Tom, that some of you will know is a marathoner, so he, 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 he was backing me up on that. We want to pace for the long haul. So what does that mean? It means you do one or two things really, really well. And what we do really well here at the, at the cathedral is we do, we do worship that aims for transcendence. Now, the human heart is hungry for transcendence. Hungry for awe and wonder. It, it is it is it is hungry for an experience of the sacred, and it's hungry for an experience of the holy. We can't make that happen. God makes that happen, but we can aim for it. We can prepare for it. We can plan for it. Plan for it, and we can reach for it by God's grace. That kind of worship, that kind of experience, is transforming. And the human heart longs to be transformed. We long to be some better version of ourselves. And we long to have the kind of life together that we get when we're some better version of ourselves. 
And so we, we're doubling down on this. This is, this is the charism. This is the gift. This is the mission that God has given us. Um, when I was growing up, everything in the culture was bringing people towards the church. Everything in the culture now is driving people away from the church. So we're rowing upstream in many, many ways. But people are hungry for the kind of experience that we have here. And people are drawn to the light. They're drawn to the light of Christ. And, and the worship in this cathedral is full of the light of Christ. It's full of the light of the love of the cross and is full of the light of the power of the resurrection. And as long as, as you know, God gives us the grace and we aim for it, and the light of Christ shines here, and it shines here in the word preached and in the sacraments rightly and duly celebrated. As long as the light shines here, and the light shines in the people who are being transformed by that kind of worship. Well, what does the scripture say? Nations will come to thy light, and kings to thy dawning. And the Lord tells us himself that if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. We have blessings, we have challenges, and we have a high calling, and we have the grace of God. In the name of God the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.